Hi guys, Doug here to welcome you to episode 3 of Death Readers, the show with the goofy name and goofier hosts. This episode focuses on chapters 7 through 9 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. There's a fine line between summary and spoiling that I don't know how to walk. So without further delay, let's get on with the show. Small talk is over. What do you want to talk about? I, Rob, would like to speak about Harry Potter. Would you, do Doug, you also you? like to speak of Harry Potter? We could do intros. I, it's okay. I, don't, I don't have an intro planned. <laughs> chapter 7, The Sorting Hat. Tell me what you thought of Chapter 7, The Sorting Hat. Well, when we last left Harry, Hagrid was knocking on the doors of Hogwarts. Was he? Yeah, they had just finished uh, taking the first years across the lake mm-hmm. and getting in McGonagall introduced them to the to the school. And Hagrid found Neville's toad. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he had, he had, well, yeah, yeah, actually, the last thing we saw was him finding the toad and then them getting on the boats and, like, again, essentially just docking. And then, the, and then chapter seven, the sorting hat starts. Yes. Uh, and then at that point, McGonagall brings them into Hogwarts. Right. She, and she, <clears throat> she info dumps. I, I was going through she, this. Expositions. I mean, it's it's like reading a summary on the back of a book. She's like, here's Hogwarts. Here are the houses. This is how it's going to work. But boom, boom, boom. And there would be some of that with the teacher doing that. She has to do this every year. She's done it every year for 50 years or whatever. But it does read kind of like a, here's your information. Remember it. Yeah. It is very much like a Cliff Notes Hogwarts. Yeah. But I think one of the interesting things about this this brief moment here is the sorting hat scene is actually feels way different than the movie. Because in the movie, the sorting hat happens in the Great Hall. I think that's what it's called, right? Like the hall where they eat. Yeah, that happens yeah. here. No, no, no. This actually doesn't. It, it says that they see the hall and then she takes them to a different place, like a different corridor, like separate. I don't believe so. Oh, am I, am I wrong? I believe you're wrong. I thought she she talks to them outside in like a oh, little antechamber, and then brings and then them in, in a few moments to go through these doors. That I mean, Got I know it. that's again the movie, but I'm pretty sure that's the same because Harry sees all the candles floating in the air and he goes and sits down on the stool. Right. Okay. Yeah. Can you write? Because every time they he reads the name, they, the whole the houses clap for each person that's introduced to their house. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm I must be have really poor reading comprehension because I I seriously thought it was like a separate. Room. Well, never mind then. The movie did a great job. But <laughs> uh, ghosts, we get ghosts for the first well, time. Well, before oh. that, I was actually really uh, thinking about the houses and thinking about how, like, the way she talks about them and introduces them reminded me of when I was in middle school. We started having houses in like the school I went to. Really? Yeah, we had like pods and houses. And School things. sanctioned houses? These yeah. Like clicks? No, Kicks. like these were like, okay, you group of children, whatever number of kids that was, you are this house huh. or you're this pod. And then you had like five or six of them. And somehow that helped. I don't know what the purpose of it, of it was on the school's level, mm-hmm. but it was something that was happening. And that was around 2001. So that was like, you know, shortly after the American publication of the book and this book, Harry mm-hmm. Potter. And I just wondered how much of that, if that was a thing that was occurring in England, if there was, if they have that structure of school or not. And if so, if that was part of what bled into the book, it just made, I didn't do any research this week. I feel like schools do that. But did, when did it start is my, my question. Again, I'm not expecting you to know, but it, it just made me curious. Something that I grew... I, I remember growing up through that transition. Yeah, and they were definitely called... Were they referred to as houses by the school? I don't remember if it was houses. I know that at some point it was pods. Mm-hmm. 
when I got to high school, I went, I was in a smaller learning community, which was essentially just a house, but it was the first one in that school. It was only one. Everyone else was just a big homogenous group of kids. And then through the time I was in that high school, they began establishing different pods or houses. I don't remember if we did that at all. I mean, it was a lot of schools that had small, and I was in a lot of schools. Right. So I, I don't have solid memories. I don't know. Well, I don't recall my parents ever saying anything about that in, in their schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think you have classes, you know, the kids that you are the same age sure. as, you roughly are in the same classes as you progress with them. But anyway, it just... It, would you share your pods with other grades? No. Would, would I mean, maybe. I don't remember. Would, would, if you're in seventh grade, would an eighth grader be in the same pod as I, you? I, it must have worked that way, but I don't remember. I mean, it would make equal. It would make make more sense to have a seventh grade pod mm-hmm. or an eighth grade right, pod. Right, right. Um, if you're going to subdivide, would it be? Yeah, yeah I don't it's weird. remember. But in thinking about that, it made me also think about like, you know, they're going through the sorting hat process and they're assigning the houses, and it it's just interesting to me how. I sort of didn't really ever think about how large the classes of Hogwarts were, and they seem to actually be way smaller than I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Like, you're talking about a whole class of kids being maybe 30 kids? Right. Maybe. Maybe. I think four houses. I, I think she maybe it's said more than that? there's about a thousand kids at Hogwarts total, and that's really? seven years. So, yeah. That's even more so, than I like, thought it would be. Um, Harry's group of Gryffindor boys that we follow through the whole series is pretty much... And girls. Point is, there's like five, and then probably five girls. Mm-hmm. So that's ten total for... Four houses. Gryffindor. Well, well no, for yeah, Gryffindor. Right, and then you have the four, other year. four houses. Right. So yeah, 30, 40 kids. That's, that's just... It's surprising how big that school is supposed to be for as small a number of kids that go to it. You know, just in thinking about it realistically. Sure. But it also, like, makes sense for little things like that later in these chapters that, you know, oh, the the Gryffindor boys or the Gryffindors have to do classes with the Slytherins because they just have to save time. Well, and the the size of the wizarding community overall, the (laughs) infrastructure of the wizarding world to only have... The population you can extrapolate from the number of kids that go to Hogwarts doesn't seem like it would fit the Wizarding World. It doesn't at all. You have a whole Diagon Alley. You've got a Ministry of Magic. Even beyond that... For just UK. Right. If we jump ahead in terms of thinking about the films, Goblet of Fire starts with the World Quidditch Cup. Right. That was... That's huge. Like, the, 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 the scenes of that make it seem like there are, like, hundreds of thousands of wizards around the world mm-hmm. and for one of the pre- uh, predominant like schools to only have that many kids in a class I mean maybe Harry's year was a short year but it still feels like there should be more people to be fair when the Death Eaters were at large they were killing people and those people weren't having kids yeah I was thinking the same thing except I was thinking about Harry's kids class and how after like the the Battle of Hogwarts, like how there's probably not that many kids in his kids class. Well, because Voldemort came back. Well, and he, and he well, one, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably it's the same thing, but just different time periods. Right, so that might be why lulls. the population is kind of lower because <clears throat> lots of people who are gonna contribute to Harry's class size were killed before they could. Were because they, the, Voldemort, the, the Death Eaters were going strong. They wasn't and just they were that actually year. murdering people. Yeah, okay, straight up murdering people. Hmm. I mean, obviously Harry's parents, but... But, I, I mean, they talk about that with the death mark, the dark mark later on. Right. That you would come home and know everyone inside was dead because you saw it over your house. 
He's, Which is dark. He's a bastard. <laughs> it is dark. This this chapter's getting kind of dark. It's 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 ramping up. Yeah. So before they get into, so even bef- even before they get to the point where they're getting sorted, I think there's this line where Hermione mentions how she's already learned a lot of spells. Yes. And the movie does this too when she fixes his glasses on the train. Right. It it, it seems that whole restriction of underage magic thing isn't enforced before they go to Hogwarts maybe? Well there's two that that's half of the question. Okay. The other half of the question is she's muggle-born. Right. And there's rules against practicing magic outside of Hogwarts or in general. Like even Hagrid has to like or in in the muggle world, like in the first couple chapters of Hagrid has to be like, "Ooh, no, I'm only mm-hmm. he gave me permission. He gave me special permission to do this stuff." And it makes me wonder, like, if we're supposed to think that Hermione is, like, kind of a badass. Like, a, a rule breaker. I think she's badass. It's either that or it's just forgetting your own rules. Because it just seems so... I don't know. I, the, more, the more I was thinking about it, it's like, there's plenty of examples of them doing magic outside of Hogwarts and stuff. Then later, in the movies at least, but... How so? Well, like, there's that scene in one of the movies where Harry's, like, trying to read by wand light. He's just using his wand, I feel like. That's, that's not the same? Spell. Nope. That's activating a feature on your wand. Hmm. Like the wand. Well, I guess it like comes down to Lumos, what is magic. He's not, he's not saying Lumos and casting a spell. He's saying Lumos, which voice activates a spell. Or it's like flying your broom. That's not that's not using magic. That's using the broom's that's magic. It's not? No. Well, it, but the broom's magic. Like Right. The, the broom has spells on it, too. It, it's been it's been. But that's uh, not... How spelled. is that not magic? I it mean, is... Well, but you're not producing the magic. It's a loophole. Is, is it? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it feels like... <laughs> being that Loophole feels lazy. Like, I, I'm not saying you're, not, you're wrong, because I don't know the rules. It just seems like if that's the exposition or the explanation, then that's... You disagree. I just feel like it's weak. Okay. Like then again, maybe it's just part of like the wizarding world is actually it, they're they're they think they're cooler than they are. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe it's an example of like how they have a bit of uh, delusions of grandeur. Mm. Like maybe where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna make rules, no magic <laughs> outside of where whatever our you know boundaries are but then like nobody enforces it except except when they like want to be jerks right except when you know they're just like no no one's allowed well that's kind of what happened it is exactly what happened but not in this situation like she gets away with it there's a lot of like arbitrary rule enforcing in these chapters but yeah we do get introduced to ghosts yes we do and it actually brought a, a question in my mind. Of, I wonder if uh, it's the same question I have, but go ahead. My question is the fat fryer. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what is the deal with a Catholic ghost yes, being, exactly. being in a magic school? Was he infiltrating the church? That's kind of like what I like to think. Like he was on the inside in the Spanish Inquisition. Maybe not, you know, like, like, like fuck the muggles. They can get tortured, but oh, yeah, I can help you out. Although a witch would be able to help herself out. So I don't know. Or what if this is a like I, again just having read at this at this point sure. seven chapters sure but what if it's more like the wizarding world is actually deeply related to the Christian world okay like I wonder if it's like oh no no it's actually not a conflict because Jesus is essentially a, a wizard hmm. and wondering if there's 
even remotely like some sort of connection there. I, I feel like there's not eventually. It just seems like it the the inclusion of the fat fryer makes me opens up a lot of possibilities. Okay. For for that sort of like crossover of being like, well, of course, miracles would seem like that to muggles. And so he was just a wizard who was like, fuck it. And then people attributed, they deified him later. Yeah. Hmm. And so like, it would be sort of weird for there to not be other wizards who. I mean, like, we know Seamus wants to turn water into wine. So that's clearly <laughs> a spell that can be done. Right. But like when Transfiguration, you know, that's plenty plenty of that all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be so surprising for me to hear that at some point they're like, oh yeah, of course there are wizards in the Catholic Church because they're one and the same. Like they're really not that mm-hmm. separate. Jesus gets drunk one night. The Romans <laughs> throw him up on a cross. Well, and maybe he evaporates off, and he's seen later. And maybe that's part of the reason why they they have to hide, is because they're like, well, look what happened to that guy. It's not bad. Like, like we... Uh, Hogwarts we, only started a 1,000 years ago. That would be 2,000 years ago. It makes sense. It could. I mean, it just... It wouldn't surprise me. But why then, if wizards knew that, would there... So, you're, the, the frat fire, friar wouldn't be in the church because of any kind of faith, because he'd know, oh, that was just, you know, some bloke who well, was faith using... faith magic, it. right? I mean... Well, no. But he wouldn't be in the church for that, though. So, what's his reason for being... Again, I feel like he's infiltrating. Well, he could also be altruistic. He could also just be a really good guy who's like, oh, I want to go help people. I want to be like, this is a way I can contribute positively guess, to the I world. I guess the church was pretty much the only one known for that at the time. Right. I like I like my idea better. Well, I mean, uh, infiltration implies that there's some sort of power to be gained from I know. the Catholic church. But at the same time, like, other... it could be. But at the same time, like how dismissive wizards are of muggles makes it seem way more like this is a way, like, if, if they have some sort of influence over the church, it's to, like, control people. Mm-hmm. But, like, why? I don't know. It, there's power. They have plenty. They have so there's much no power. There's no good and evil, Doc. There's but, only power. But they have so much power that they're just, so, they're dismissive of it. Like, like the point where, where Hagrid's like, well, we don't want to help muggles because they'll want solutions to their problems. It's like, if he really valued the stuff he was doing, mm-hmm. he would be like, I think I should help people with this. Like, I think... And maybe that's what the Fat Friar did. Maybe the Fat Friar was like, wow. Maybe he has the realization that a normal person would have, or it would be like, wow, I can help people. I can feed the hungry, and I can clothe the n- naked. I don't know. Uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever the poor people do. Whatever, whatever people poor... that help other people do, I maybe he wanted to. How would I know? I've never helped anyone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What is it you needy need again? <laughs> but it also made me wonder about, like, boycotting of the book. Mm. You know, how, like, there was... I feel like, and maybe I'm just imagining things, but I feel like there was a, you know, re- at least in this country, some sort of religious right oh, backlash to the Oh, that's why I started reading the books. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it was... The, the time I read them, the, only the first three had come out. And I remember even a Matt Greening Life in Hell comic where the... Sad Sack Rabbit was blaming everything on the satanic influences of Harry Potter. And I'm like, well, I've got to read these books. Nice. And I binged the first three and then had to wait six months for the fourth book. That's how old I am. Well, that's right. I mean, we've all, we all lived through the same. No, I didn't. In my day. I was born. Books like, were made on paper. I was born after the fourth book's printing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, it made me wonder, like, if, if any of those people who get up in arms about those things, who clearly never read them or yes. clearly never watch that stuff that they boycott, if they actually took the time to just take a peek, you know, if it would 
mean anything or if they've had like more reasonable arguments or mm-hmm. if they would realize how silly it is to freak out about Potter. I mean, if they're freaking out about there's there's certainly plenty of sure, stuff no. in here that I complained about and I feel like is like not necessarily good for kids, but no, it's 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 that their magic doesn't come from God. Or 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 well, that they have magic first of all. Right. Uh, it doesn't come from God or if it does, they're not you know, on their knees acknowledging it. Right. Yeah. But, you know, don't worry about protesting, you know, the fat shaming or the fat, child the fat the, fryer. The child abuse. <laughs> well that's that's pretty in line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was gross what we just did there. Sorting out song sucks. Seriously, fuck that song. Oh, you may not think I'm pretty, but don't judge on what you'll see. Yes, that garbage. Yeah. Okay. Um, None of that. No, no, like, I reading it, I was just thinking to myself, if I wrote this, I would hate myself. <laughs> like, if I... If, is this, All I, the I, way I to hate, the bank. I hate myself reading it, but, like, damn. And then there's an, the Hogwarts song comes later, and it's just like, well, there's too many fucking songs. Like, there's two so far, and in, that's in too In one many. chapter, right? Yeah. Or is that in the next chapter? I think it's in one chapter. Okay. Because it's after they get sorted, they do the Hogwarts song. So Sorting Hat sings. Right. Then they get sorted, and then, and then Dumbledore's like, pick whatever tune you want. Uh, we're going to follow the bouncing ball. Go. <laughs> and then and then they and then they sing, and it's none of it's good. No. Well, I mean, she's definitely <laughs> amping up the whimsy. She is, and it's it's a little tedious. I have to, I mean, I have to. But when you're 11? That's what I'm saying. I have to give apologies or like, like allowances for it being a kid's book like I I get it I really get it it's just tough yes especially because well, like her meter breaks and sometimes <laughs> in the in the songs I'm like jeez maybe you maybe just need to step, take a step back and reread the meter no maybe it's a little assonance no it's, maybe it's a ta ta ti ti ta it's no ti or ta ta tum ti tum not even that a lot of kids Mandy uh, Brocklehurst I don't think we ever hear from her again well with good reason She's, Lavender Brown is a bit from. of a bitch. We hear from Lavender Brown. Is Mandy Brocklehurst I have a bitch? no idea. <laughs> you know how those Brocklehursts are. I, I do, and I don't like them. I mean, most of those kids are insignificant. I mean, to me at least. I'm not sure how often they come and back. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Most of these names I recognize. I'm like, we see Susan Bones again. We're here, I'm sure we hear from Terry Boot. I think he joins uh, Ravenclaw Quidditch team. Uh, Lavender Brown, Millicent Bolstrode. All these names come up. Mandy Brocklehurst. She disappears, man. She Ooh, swept the under the rug. The mystery of Mandy Brocklehurst. That's the next book. The disappearance of Mandy Brocklehurst. Yeah, and then no one notices. Like, what if she got lost in the in the fucking staircases? Right? Like, what if right? they took her? What if she got eaten by uh by Fluffy? No one would know. I feel like you need to like check her Wikipedia page eventually, <laughs> and then be like, "Oh, this is what happened to her." Just for closure, sure. Just to know that she's safe. But then we we do get the other ghosts. So. I, th- I think around this point, if something else happens between the, the song and the ghost, it, it wasn't interesting enough for me to, to note. Okay, here, uh, I'm going to say, before we get to ghosts, okay. here is a thing that's perfectly fine in this book, but continues throughout the series and gets old. Okay. Harry's mouth fell open. Oh. In surprise. He, I, I, it's fine. But after, like, book five, Harry, you've been in the magical world for a while now. Close your fucking mouth. You're going to see some shit you've never seen before, but you should be rolling with it. And you're not. J.K. rolling with it. 
I'm torn between groaning and going, damn. No, I don't know. I forgive myself. No. I don't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, all the food shows up. Harry, <gasps> fine. Book five, come on. Well, I mean, it depends on what he's gaping at. Like, it, I don't it, think so. I think you should be like, by yeah, book okay. five, if he's gaping at dragons, okay, fine. Uh, no, like, no, I'm just talking about, you know what, we'll get there. Well, but, but like, if, if that, like, that's book five, right? Uh, Goblet of Fire? Don't embarrass me. Because you don't remember? No, book five is Order of the Phoenix. Oh, shit. Don't embarrass me. Okay, Order no, of the Phoenix. Because I'm, I'm vouching for you. Oh, well, I didn't know. So book five's Order of the Phoenix, what happens in that that's so shocking? I mean... I can't tell you. Because well, it's not in the movie at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. What he gapes at? Yeah. It's probably filthy. It's probably awesome. Gross. It's a dark episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where, where, where are we ghosts? Well, yeah, we're ghosts. I mean, unless you want to talk about, about anything before ghosts. No. So we get the ghosts and... Honestly, most of them are really boring. Again, it's it's that whimsy thing where it's like, oh, the the guy with the blood sheet. Mm-hmm. It's the Baron, Bloody Baron. Bloody Baron. Boring. Unless, bo- I, I will caveat this: he will be forever boring unless she's amazing in writing his backstory eventually, or if the note about him being covered in silver blood is actually not a throwaway line and he's actually covered in unicorn blood because that would be fucking awesome I feel like he's covered in regular blood that's been ghostified that's dumb he does get a backstory eventually yeah and it's not bad but it does come out of left field in sort of the ninth inning oh two sports references (laughs) you stretch for them just in time for the Super Bowl no one's going to listen to this in real time. <laughs> well, this is more Super Bowl in the ninth inning. That's also the wrong. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, but I, and, and while I like them, I feel like I wish they had been built up a little bit more earlier. Now, and I don't know if it's from this chapter or if it's from a different book. There is a third song. Oh God. That was nearly Headless Nick's backstory song. I don't know if it's for this book even. I, but it makes sense. We're talking about songs and ghosts. It hasn't been mind. there yet. Oh, no, it, it it was cut, but it's you can find it. Oh no, thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm sure his backstory will get. He, doesn't he explain the? Anyway, I, I'm sure his story shows up eventually. Do they say how many times his neck was tried? They tried to sever it. No, I don't think they, so. There's a number out there too. Oh, and it's a ridiculous God. number of how many. And it's and it's like no, it was like 400 strokes with the dull axe. I could cut through some of your neck with like a, a pipe in that time. I, I'm really glad that got cut. Yeah, like it's it might maybe I'm wrong. But he's just 400 years old. There's this chapter has so much like it, it it's like both ends of like a pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. Like it's either we're gonna sing a goofy song and there's a hat that tells you what house you live in. It knows your deepest thoughts. Don't lie to the hat. Like it has that silliness and then it's like look the candles are floating in the ceilings, the sky. And then it's also like there's a dude, like a ghost, standing behind you with almost decapitated, not all the way, almost decapitated. And 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 that's okay. And look, he'll show you. He'll wretch his broke his neck sever and and show you his holes. And it's grisly. It's it's it it, it, it it constantly is jumping between those two things. Between being like fanciful, oh, Dumbledore said silly words, and then also being like there's a ghost covered in blood <laughs> right over there. Just watching children eat hungrily. Oh yeah, that's that's crazy creepy. It like is. It, it's 
it's really hard to digest mm-hmm. both of those like different tones in this one moment, and that's feels really fucking weird. And and it and it keeps. I feel like this these last three chapters have like a handful of notes that are essentially that. that yeah. it, it feels like wow, that's heavy, or wow, that's gross for a kid's book. Wow. Um, I can't wait to get to book two. <laughs> um, you all know what I'm talking about. All you other listeners. Shut up. You don't talk to them. Oh, my, my note here is, are songs a persistent, are songs a persistent part of the books? Because I be- they are not good. I believe there's only one more song in the series. The In the whole series? There might be only one more song in the whole series. That would be awesome. She does not get Tolkien-y Sweet. with it. Cool. Ugh, Tolkien. Because, I mean, as, as maybe lame and flouting of meter as you claim these songs to be, uh, they aren't the Tolkien songs that go on for like 18 pages. Good. Where you're just like, no. what? The dwarves, shut up. Yeah, the dwarf songs are cool. Uh, dwarf oh. songs are cool when they've been scored by Howard Shore. Yes. When you're just reading them and you're just like... Yes. You couldn't see that, but it was good. It was a huge eye roll. Um, so the only other thing in this chapter that I feel like is worth noting is Quirrell's turban. And that's mm. only for the plot. Like, again, it wasn't something that I... I it was, again, I noticed. I was like, eh, all right. But, um... Well, I mean, he does eyeball Snape, that, that, which that, is kind of cool. Which and in uh, concurrent with his scar hurting, which yeah. is the first big scar hurt. It's the first big scar hurt. Scar pain, whatever. Yeah, scar hurt. Yeah, scar pain. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that I've seen the films because none of this is like surprising or sure. interesting. It's all just like like all of these parts of the main plot feel tedious, right? Like feel like all right, fine, we're gonna get through this. Like I have to, you know, it's like. When you rewatch a Spider-Man movie, like when you see that a new Spider-Man movie comes out, and they have to retell the origin, right? It's like, ugh, I have to live through Uncle Ben and fucking great power, great responsibility, and Aunt May grieving, and then all, I have to do all of this again. Funny thing is, I love origin stories. Oh, so every I hate time, them. I love them. I, like, I only watch the first half of superhero movies often. Really? Yeah. I, uh, that's weird. It is. It is odd. So I, mean, I don't have that problem, but I understand oh. your. Yeah, it's it's nothing wrong with the book. It's just part of my experience here is definitely, mm-hmm. you know, it, it being a little bit of a chore to get through the parts where I'm like, yes, I know, I know, Snape's not totally evil. But then again, I mean, I had that experience with the films of being like confused and mm-hmm. not sure and interested, but no such luck right then, now with the readings. Then we get Peeves. Oh, oh Peeves never sucks. Ooh, there's going to be some more Peeves. There's a lot more Peeves so far in these chapters, at least. So. Yeah, but he's not in the movie, so I didn't know about him. He was briefly. Was he? He Rick Mail, Drop Dead Fred. (gasps) Drop Dead Fred? Was cast and I thought filmed, and then they were like, this isn't working. They cut him out. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That breaks my heart. I would have loved that. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to see Drop Dead Fred in Harry Potter. That's disgusting. What a shame. (laughs) But there's an alternate universe where that didn't happen, where he he got to do a lot of roles. Because Pease is pretty big throughout the books, but you don't like him. Well, he's just obnoxious. He's he's very clearly like, oh, there's a kid thing. Like, I feel like I would dig him in the movies, but mm-hmm. like, if like especially if it was fucking Drop Dead Fred, that would be awesome. But like in the in the book, it's very much like, I I don't I don't dig imp characters when I have to read them because it's I don't find them funny generally. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all, this is all just me, you know, personal things. Nothing really to do with the actual writing or the character. But I just don't dig them. I feel like he's there to be yet another foil you know just a oh we can't go down this path because of peeves so you have to go this way and thus yeah so he's a plot device he's a plot device he's there to to, to, or he's also there you know I think in the 
next few chapters to help them with Fluffy. Um, oh, right. Fluffy's coming up, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to Chapter 8, The Potions Master, which I had very little to say about this chapter. I will... I mean, here's the thing I've noticed about rereading is certainly the earlier books, but I think it's all of them... There will be chapters like The Potions Master or... What's the third chapter? Uh, the next chapter, The Midnight Duel. The Midnight Duel, where I think of the events that they're describing. Potions Master is meeting Snape. Midnight right. Duel is the Midnight Duel, but there's so many other things that happen. Right. And I'm like, but where does that one thing happen? Oh, it's in Midnight Duel. Or where does this thing happen? Oh, right, it's in X chapter. And right. it's a thing I've noticed, so <laughs> I'm done talking well, about Well, I mean, that. well, in this chapter, at least, there's a really not that much happens in terms of things that I care about. Like, biggest thing is Professor Binns I found interesting. Yeah, you never I, met Professor Binns before. No, he's not in the movies. So no. so I like I like that idea that there's a ghost professor and I also don't like it cuz he's stealing jobs from hardworking living wizards. Like, wow. okay Professor Binns, go live in a fucking portrait or go, you know, hang out with, you know, a nearly headless Nick, but give somebody else a chance to do some work. Like it's like being like, "Oh, I took a profess I took a class that was just a book class. Like I read a book like that's like what it would be like. He's just a tome. He's just a thing of knowledge, but you're not actually like working with him. It's your corporeal privilege, Ducky. Yeah, it is. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Oh. I'm okay with saying, you know, you know, hey, hey, dear dead people listening, get out. <laughs> this house is clean. I was impressed. You mentioned last time that you knew Mrs. Norris's name. Do they? I don't remember that being a big in the movie part of the movies. Uh, my girlfriend knows her name, so ah, I think there's a few okay. times when that was mentioned where it would be like, I, I remember it, it. That name stuck with me because I was re- almost repulsed at her knowing the name. Okay, <laughs> like, well, I, was, I mean, I it was, makes sense if you've read the books. You're like, oh, I know Mrs. Norris's name. It's said enough, and right. she's featured enough. No, like, but in the movie, I, I feel like Hermione drops it when they meet Fluffy. She's like, it's Filch's cat, Mrs. Norris, and that's maybe. It. I mean, um, Filch may also mention Mrs. Well, Norris, but, but like, Filch, I mean, he's played so... His name's so, barely mentioned in his, the he's, he, he's played, he, he plays it so almost drunk-sounding that it would come out, Mrs. Norris! Right. That you're not going to pick up on that. No. But no, I, I the reason I know her name is stuck in my head is because I had a personal experience where I was embar- almost embarrassed that how nerdy my girlfriend was mm-hmm. to know the cats of the groundskeeper at Hogwarts' name, not realizing how often it's said in the book. So we get a little montage of classes... Professor McGonagall not morphing into a cat. No, she does not morph into a cat. They're keep, well, they're because in the movie that's a that's a stupid cat on the desk. Come on, Harry, we're late to class, but fuck McGonagall. What? But they're keeping that ability secret till they can feature it later in the third book. She can. We know she can turn into a cat. They don't. Oh, they don't. That's my point. Um, in the movie, she shows it off here. She doesn't. She doesn't show the class that she can do that at all until the third book. Well, a little bit uh, on, like, still on Professor Binns, though, I think it's important to note that, again, we, we, we're we sort of really seeing how death in these books is treated simultaneously as, like, a joke device as and also, like, the, the, the ultimate threat it is, you know. I will say that there is a difference, and it is touched on later. Oh, is it? Yeah. So like, if you die in a goofy way, you get to be a ghost. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Or if or if Voldemort blows your fucking heart apart, you're you're just dead. I will say not everybody becomes ghosts, and there's reasons for that. Okay. 
weird. Let's put it that way. All right. I'm interested in the mechanics of the differences between dying for real, real, I feel, becoming a ghost, or becoming a portrait. Like I said, it's only touched on, so a lot of it's what you extrapolate from what's said later, but it is at least touched on. Do they touch on the portraits? Because, like, in the movie, Albus dies, and then he's just sleeping in a picture. Um, I think, again, you just have to figure out when a headmaster dies, a portrait's created. Oh. Are all of the portraits headmasters? Yeah, in Dumbledore's office. Oh, no, I meant, like, throughout. Oh, no, no. I feel... I The fat lady's not a former... I feel like that's just, you know, a wizard who's a painter... The witch's thing, which is creepy when you think about it, because you, you're going to paint your girlfriend, and then she's going to break up with you, and or you're going like to portrait. anyone. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, it just it, it just seems really creepy. He's like, I still got you. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of creepy. Right? Um, I mean, but if you keep it, it's creepy. If you donate it to Hogwarts, I guess it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Note here about the Potion Master, though. We, we meet Snape, we go through Snape's class, and here, I think, is something you mentioned, I think, in our first episode, which was that Snape has eyes like Hagrid's. Yes. Is what's mentioned. Yes. So, did you want to t- did you want to expound upon that? Just, just, I mean, she, she, she uses basically the same... She No, she says literally, his eyes are and, but like then, Hagrid's. And she compares him to Hagrid's, okay. but it's just odd, because there's never any further connection. So, why point it out? It's like like Hagrid's, but also cold and empty, and made you think of dark tunnels. Yeah, which is a great description. But why point it out? Well, she's just seeing it in her in her she her. It's so vivid in her head that she's mad. If I were Harry, I would make this connection. Well, maybe it's like maybe it's a little bit of a trick. Maybe it's there to say. This guy might not seem like he's a good guy, but he's like Hagrid. He is a protector. He is oh. someone who cares for Harry. He okay. is someone who, like, is is watching out for him. Okay. And even though it might not seem like it, because of how he looks, if you look at eyes to windows to the soul, he's a good guy, just like Hagrid. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I think Maybe. that probably is it. I mean, that seems like the same. That seems like the kind of literary thing to do that would device, yeah, device, <laughs> if you will, that would make sense. Um, I'd like to think that's what it is, and not that it's some sort of like missed opportunity to ex- like allude to their relationship. Um, can you can you read Snipe without hearing Alan Rickman? Oh no, and I no, never no, want to. No, um, there was a. I believe there was a time. When the first movie was being cast, that they were going to get Tim Roth. No. Uh, Not no. But then it was it was Rickman, and I, I can't hear anything else. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad that he gets to be immortalized in that role because he he that that performance is amazing, and mm-hmm. he and I I mean, and it is, went somewhere. He could have been easily an empty character, kind of like Miss Hardbroom, or if you yeah. hear from from the Worst Witch. Well. No, I no. don't know what that is. But okay. um, or like, what's the name of the the botany professor? Sprout. Yeah, Sprout. No one gives a shit about Sprout or her performance. Mm-hmm. Sorry, lady who played Sprout, but I didn't even remember your name. You know what I mean? Like Marion Margulies. Yeah, maybe. Okay. But like, it's it's not a you know a touted performance. But Rickman nails Snape and is fucking amazing at it. And you know while we're here. McGonagall. What do you think of Maggie Smith as McGonagall? Oh, yeah, perfect. Again, see, I have no issues with that. I, I, I 
Because I don't know Maggie Smith for much else. So like I know that. Well, I, I've clashed the Titans through Hook. Um, I've oh yeah, Hook. I've long She's followed so good in Hook. Maggie Smith, but I don't. I just I, it's well. First of all, in the movie, she has a moment in the opening scene where she looks like she doesn't want to say the word Muggles. So I've been watching them all day, and they're the worst sorts of really fuck. I got okay Muggles <laughs> imaginable. Um, at that pause, just every time, I'm just like, Ooh. but you mean like like her as an actress? Yeah, Maggie what Smith. What like, what the fuck word. am I reading? What is this right, shit? Right. Um, not not like Hermione's later stumbling over Hogwarts uh, history. I was thinking more of like how maybe the stumble could have been because, like we've discussed earlier, wizards are kind of racist, like even the good ones. And maybe it was her putting that into the, the performance of being like, you know, there's prejudice here. Like, muggles, even though we're, we're pretending that they're, you know, just as good as wizards and witches, the idea being like that she's... Sure. It's like a slur. Okay. Like, to her, it's like a slur that she's like... She's like... she She's actually comfortable saying, but she's a little embarrassed to be comfortable saying it. But McGonagall herself, I just... I've always... A little darker-haired, a little taller, a little not-so-Maggie Smith. Actually, Diana Rigg. Hmm. I thought would make a great McGonagall who's basically, you know, become the McGonagall in the Game of Thrones series. Right. So, it's not that... I mean, older Diana Rigg is not... I'm, I, I'm fine with... Maggie Smith's awesome. Maggie I, Smith is amazing, I, and she's a great dowager in Downton Abbey. No, but I, I don't I see her as McGonagall. Her. I dig her as McGonagall. Okay, well, you're wrong. It's not McGonagall, it's McGonagall. Mac... See, the thing about McGonagall... <laughs> I hate you so much. Is this? Is that... M- Maggie Smith is it's so Maggie Smith is so good. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine anybody. She's else great at the her. pursed lips. She's also what's going on here. She's also great in like she has so many great moments where they, like it's her performance that makes them great. I don't know if anybody else could really pull it off. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to see anybody else pull it off. Since well. we're not even to Dumbledore yet, we won't get into the casting of Dumbledore no. just yet. Well. But all, but like the scene at the end of like Deathly Hallows where she's like, put all the Slytherins in the dungeon or whatever, like that was awesome. Or like the scene where she has to, she's you know plays with the stairs with uh, Umbridge. Mm-hmm. That w- I will give you that the Umbridge stair scene is amazing. It's great. Um, yeah, Maggie Smith's a forever. All right, but we're still Always. in dungeon. We're in potions. Thank you. I hate you for that. We're in the dungeon. We're in the potions class. Yeah, I mean, it's again. It's, it was really. It felt a lot boring. Like it just felt like I get through these points. Get through meeting Snape. Get so through sure. this. Um, I, I will say we do finally get to know Harry's birthday in this chapter. Oh, finally they do mention his birthday. So all your all, numer- right. all your numerology just... obsession about Harry's birthday, <laughs> at least here by chapter eight, we get to we get to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything like else it. in that chapter? Because I don't. I, except, except you'll say, there's a few times that it's uh, interesting to see how there's a, a couple, like, sections and excerpts that are so clearly, like, the films just took these pages and just did the pages. And it's really impressive to see, like, that level of commitment to, like, no, the, the work is perfect. Like, these couple pages are truly magical and we can just put them on film and it works but there's also no real room for adaptation does it need to be though like well i think i think what curon did in in azkaban is pretty interesting the book i mean that's really where they really start to diverge and by the time you get to like the 700 page goblet of fire shit is lopped off and kind of crudely stitched back together right so i mean that's that's the biggest one 
the where, where, there's, where there's, you're like, should have been two, two movies. Probably should have been two movies. Because there's a lot of shit there. When will Hollywood learn? Like, people will go see two feature films. Like, it doesn't always have to be the last one. Like, I look at it like, Deathly Hallows, not as big as Goblet of Fire. Right, no, uh, like, I believe that's correct. Why did it have? Why did that one have to be two movies? Why couldn't we have two Goblet of Fires? Or right. why you do three Lord of the Rings films and then you do three Hobbit movies? Like, well, we know that now. That was a mistake. Of course, it was a mistake. But that's my point. Is like, when will we? Like, how much longer will we have to take before producers and 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 studios are going to be like, all right, you know what? This is obviously going to be a success. Let's just really make it great. Mm-hmm. And, like, let's risk it. Like, with, with a property like Potter, especially by the time you hit Goblet of Fire, you have three movies before that. Like, just do it. Just do a double feature. Like, do two films. Because you have a council of people he- all hedging their bets. Oops. Well, this doesn't work in this instance, so it doesn't work here. Well, this... And just everything starts to... It's a broken world, man. It is a broken world. We can move on to Chapter right. 9, The Midnight Duel. The Midnight Duel. Midnight Duel. It's pronounced Macduel. <laughs> uh, okay, we finally get back to a moment where Harry's a dick. Harry and Ron decide that they actually want to be physically violent with Malfoy. Okay. I don't like that. I don't think that's a... I think that's... The way it's written, at least, it makes it sound like Harry's actually, like, just a, Again, he's a troublemaker looking to start shit. Not even as much, like... A character who sees an injustice and wants to write it. Mm-hmm. It's more like it's it's written like oh he was half hoping for a fight or something like that and just seems again more like oh there's there's that character from the earlier chapters who sucks and is a jerk and wants to start trouble and like a character who would rather have physical violence happen than deal with his problems some other way. Where is this now? This is very early on when he when. Uh, it's before flying lessons? I think it's... Or, or during flying during lessons. During flying lessons. Got it, okay. Yeah, it, it, where Draco says something shitty or is mean or something, and Harry's like, oh, I just want to punch him. I just want to get in a fight. Yeah. If you're going to make Harry, a... Harry's got some darkness inside. If you're going to make a, you know, a, a list of things that Harry does that suck, is being a bully is one of them. Yeah, I think that some people deserve it. I don't think it's up to... For it. I don't think it's up to individuals to... to you know, take justice into their own hands and, and physically assault other people to, to, to say, to prove that they're right or that they have, you know. Might makes right. Power. It doesn't. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and even if it, if you're going to do it, do it with words. Like, best someone intellectually, not physically. Like, physically is, physic, physicality is weakness. Okay. Anyway. Not the way I'd do it. <laughs> oh, Longbottom falling off his broom, breaking his wrist. Yep. Once again, another thing, another example of Hogwarts being really fucking dangerous for oh, yeah. children. Oh yeah. Like not only is it a, is a place where they're like, hey, look at all these dead people. Like literal ghosts are hanging around because being here means you might die. What does the like the terms and insert- uh, terms agreement look like for Hogwarts? And how long, how many pages of the thing where you're like, I won't sue if I get nearly decapitated or, you know, break my wrist falling off a broomstick. Harry's, you know, guardians didn't have to uh, sign anything like that. Oh, I think they may not have such a litigious world. Litigious. No. 
I don't know if you if you had a kid who came back from every couple days, came home from school and was like, "Oh no, fuck that!" She'd go to Smeltings. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or Stonewall High, even. Right. I'm not paying for Smeltings. No, it's way too expensive. Right. Dye some of her clothes. <laughs> no, my kid still thinks she's might get a Hogwarts letter on her 11th birthday. She's hoping for that. Well, she will. But I mean, if she, I mean, she she'd go to Ilvermorny. Come on. There's no exchange program. I guess that's true. Right? Were you going to give her another morning? No. Okay, well, why? Because she wouldn't go. <laughs> My kid would be like, great, got the letter. That day, I'm waiting for it. And be like, yeah, about that. Well, you see, you'd have to have your tooth fairy moment. It, this is actually a cool note I, I, I looked at or thought of. In this chapter, this is a part where Harry's, again, a bit of a jerk to Hermione a couple times. And it, it's interesting to see how he's written, where she writes that he... He hisses and he snaps. These are all very snake-like things that he does. That's an interesting observation. Yeah, it's it's interesting again because to see like the subtlety she puts in there. Hissing is not something that you usually. It's a thing that villains do. Mm -hmm. Again, and it's interesting to continue to read this and see all these different hints that. Harry has badness in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I might be overreading it, but I don't think I am here. Does he get his broomstick in this chapter? No. Okay. He gets on the Quidditch team in this chapter. Right. But he doesn't um, get the actual broomstick, because I have a big problem with that. We'll get to that. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen yet. Um, but he does... It's actually... It's one of those things where... Uh, Matt Gonagall... <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, definitely comes in and... Is, is again kind of cool like she shows this like she's supposed to be an old lady right but she shows this like youthful like enthusiasm a vigor a vigor for, for Quidditch and I, I really like that I don't think she's supposed to be an old lady oh she's not? no well I mean I think she's in she's, she's upper tier sorry Dame Maggie Smith I mean that's one of my problems she's supposed to be in her but hot but she looks 50s, like a witch her... like she looks like the kind of but like a Miss Switch kind of witch but the hat and everything, like a young witch wouldn't look like a, but Miss, like a witch. But Maggie Smith doesn't wear that hat well. It's all it looks she too big put, for her. It's, it's supposed to, witches hats are big. She's bigger. not tiny. Miss McGonagall is a, I can go higher too. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're the bitterest of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I love Maggie Smith. As that character As because that character. she it's one of those things where in Harry Potter they they definitely try to make a couple characters sort of like look like iconic things with like sure. magic stuff, and she looks like an iconic witch, and I I like that because there's not that other many people in the books or in the movies at least who wear the hats or like wear witches hats or do witches things. Mm-hmm. She does, so she's I, I I get it, and I'm glad she's there for that. There's got to be somebody else, you know, like like Dumbledore's obviously like the Merlin archetype of a wizard, sure. And Maggie Smith's like the Macbeth or Macbeth works. It is Macbeth. Yeah, it is it's MacGonagall. Even if it's not, I'm not gonna let this go. I'm a Vada cadavering you right now. So you're, hard. You're a Vada cadavering? A MacBada cadavering. Oh shit. Oh, that's <laughs> that's the name of the episode, Macbada Scottish curse. <laughs> Uh, put a bow on it. <laughs> I, I like that. She's she wins. She gets to be perfect. You're okay. wrong. No. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, okay. Here's what I'm saying. I I didn't. 
I even ignore her descriptions in the book. Okay. Like when I read them, because I'm like, I know what she looks like. Because she's so. so I gotcha. So I don't even know what the book actually says when it describes her. Like we, truthfully, I'm I'm curious if we'll clash over Dumbledore then. Okay. But I think we're gonna save that until when he appears. Well, I mean, he doesn't really show up he again was, until the end. Really? Until the sitting on the bed scene. Well, he was. He's there at the. You know, we talked about. He's in the background. Yeah, he's, he's, but he's not like a character. Yeah. Yes, he does have a little whimsy. He, you know, if you think about the first chapter, where he's eating the lemon drops. Harry's first proper interaction with him isn't until. The now, end is that when they actually describe what he looks like? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. no just, just we'll, we'll get to it. We'll okay. Get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, whole book to read. Um, yeah. So, so Harry hissing like a snake. That mm-hmm. seems to be a, very, uh, a serious. Or do we want to talk about Quidditch? I feel like I, I again I jumped over all that because it was so boring. To no, me. that's fine. No, no, I mean he flew. He's good at it. He's Quidditch team. He's good. Does Oliver the the description? Wood. Oliver Wood describe Quidditch in this. Is that in this a little part? bit? I mean, there's some there's some yeah, Quidditch seen, description like yeah. briefly through the whole thing, where they're like, Ron doesn't understand why Seamus likes soccer mm-hmm. because it only has one ball, and you don't fly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, again, wizards being dicks about Muggles. So once they actually get to the point where they're gonna go do their duel, where they're gonna go fight, and they're creeping through the hallways, and Hermione and uh, Neville. They meet up with the two of them. Neville's appearance is really weird. <laughs> like, Because there's a point in the chapter where Harry mentions Neville's still in the hospital wing. Mm-hmm. But then when Neville shows up, he's like, oh, yeah, she fixed my wrist like in an hour. And it's like, how long? This is a day? Is it a full night? Or, That's a good point. Why is Neville like wandering the walls of Hogwarts why at is, night? Why and, is he? I don't know. And why is he sleeping or lying on the floor just in the middle of the hallway? Like, it seems like... He would have come back at a normal time. He wouldn't have come back in the middle of the night when nobody was going in. Right, right, exactly. And also, who is, you know, manning the hospital wing to allow a patient to just wander off? Right. It just seems strange to write it that way, unless he was placed there. You know, but uh, it's those kind of things where, like, weird stuff in books like that. Okay, how about, let's come up with an alternate timeline. Neville Mm -hmm. is already being picked on, Yes. clearly. Yes. Feels like crap. Doesn't feel like... A wizard oh, no, at he home. Doesn't feel like shut, up, shut up. He's fine. You can be quiet. He doesn't feel like a wizard at home. They mock him. They thought he was possibly going to be a. We don't know the word yet, but someone with no magic. A muggle or what? No, you don't know the word yet. Okay, hush. I don't know the word yet. Hush, hush, dear. That's not the word. Um, so he's in there with his broken wrist, feeling really sorry for himself, and Madame Pomfrey lets him stay and just kind of hang out because there's books on plants or whatever the fuck and he hangs out all day maybe falls asleep maybe after dinner she's like you should be getting back to your to your room and on the way he gets lost which right? is totally possible totally Neville finally gets to the portrait it's too late fuck Ugh. I'll just wait here for somebody to fall but asleep but he wasn't waiting outside the door he wasn't waiting outside the Gryffindor house like the outside the, the portrait? portrait no he was waiting like in the hallways after they like after Hermione and Ron and Harry all leave and walk Somewhere uh-huh. they get into a hallway and then they like trip over Neville. It's like he's he's just well, in I'm a sure, random hallway. At I'm Hogwarts. sure that it's not very comfortable in front of the fat lady. I'm sure it's a stone floor and he was looking for a carpet. He, he did mention that he forgot the password, but yeah. at the same time, like he was far enough to away, away where it was like Neville. Why 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 are you over here? I'm just saying. I think I figured it out. When you eliminate the impossible. <laughs> 
I don't know. He is. I, I like Neville a lot. He's a good character. Okay. And he's got a long bottom. Mm-mm. I don't know what that means, Mm-mm. really, but it's a weird thing to... Like, it makes me wonder, like, you know, have her penchant for punny names and things like that. What the hell was Longbottom? I think he's described as small and round. Right. Longbottom. I think he's just a hobbity character. Because the Longbottom sounds like a, a it hobbit It does name. sound like a hobbit name. It really does. But still, it's it just seems... It's just such a weird thing. But while they're uh, hunting for finding the place where they're going to fight mm-hmm. Draco... There's a, a couple of moments in here where, in this chapter, they're really mean to Hermione. Well, she's not supposed to be there. But that's still weird. Like, it's still... It, and maybe it is more of a thing, again, if you're thinking about children of this age. Like, maybe they are a little more snotty to each other. Like, because of gender differences. Because at that time, maybe it is still much more, like, bifurcated. Where, like, you're not really supposed to be friends with girls. Mm-hmm. Well, or That's just, not mentioned. I'm just reading into it. Just the character development of this person. I I, I think I don't like. I end up becoming great friends with. Right, and maybe or yeah, and it could. And, and she's you know turning the whimsy up on that device, and it's just coming off as a little harsher than. He, yeah, because she's not she's not well, spending a lot of time. This book is moving really quick. It is, but he, but he, the things I'm talking about are things like him telling her to shut up, or like like there's line or he has an internal thought where he says Hermione's right, but Harry wouldn't tell her that. I thought she's probably right, but he wasn't going to tell her that. Right. Yeah. It's like, wow, why? Why is he such a dick? Why is he such a dick? All the time. <sighs> Sucks. Um, it even mentioned, like, that she has a bad temper. Like, Hermione has a bad temper. It's like, she's just being a character who's like, guys... You're being stupid. You're being stupid. You're putting us all at risk. I would really like it if you didn't. <laughs> and I... Like, and now I'm kind of stuck with you, so I'm going to go with you instead of hanging out here alone like Neville and, like, falling asleep on the floor. Right. By the way, do you guys realize there's ghosts here? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a freaky place. Especially for someone from her background, you would think she'd be a little bit more... uh, She would be so much more, I would assume, so much more like the way Harry's described as being, as sort of, like, you know, mouth agape and full of wonder and and But then she probably... Okay. Yeah. I don't know, but she does spend. She does do a lot of reading, so maybe she indoctrinates right. herself there. Right. Why does Alohomora work on a door leading to whatever they're guarding? I don't know. I don't know why this thing that's supposed to be so well kept can be opened by a first year spell. Right. It does. I mean, it Other again than, plot like, device. Right. Pro- get, let, get them same the with Peavis. Like Peavis gets them to the door, and then, or does he? I think he chases them. Yeah. right? And then like. Uh, Filch is has a confrontation. The only reason so obnoxious. Yeah, get Kai is because Peeves is in, enjoying pissing Phil, Filch off as much as the kids. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> Fluffy's cool. I mean, we don't know its name yet, but no. Still, again, a thing that I will eventually I, I I think is a huge mistake in the books. Again, like we mentioned earlier, it's one of those stories that might have worked really well by itself. Uh, if Harry Potter was only one book, mm-hmm. it would have been fine. But the fact that this giant dog, three-headed dog, is here, and then we never see anything like it again, mm-hmm. feels like... Or, or it itself. Like, what happens to Fluffy? Right. Is Fluffy put down? And if so, where do you bury a dog that size? I'm sure it was... Fed to Hagrid Spider? Back to Greece. I do like the I do like the touch that he was bought off a Greek chap in the pub. Oh, I don't... I, is that something that happens later? That's yeah. Later. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No. Spoiler I don't for know. you. Oh, Greek, because he's sure yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but I was a spoiler, so I got it. Well, I, I don't get to enjoy that in uh, reading it, no. No, I know. <laughs> Why are we even doing this? 
Welcome to the final episode of Death Diggers. <laughs> so, uh, that's all I really have. But Ron does make a good point. If any dog needs exercise, that one does. Yeah, I guess. But, like, again, it's just locked in a room. And then the point where Ryan is like, did you guys notice what it was standing on? It's a trapdoor. Like, there's two chapters in this, in this, like, these three chapters that end with, like, weird questions while you're like she writes down like oh what does this mean could this be related to this it's it's very hey guys i know i spend a lot of these pages world building but don't forget there's a mystery <laughs> please don't forget that here in the last two sentences of each chapter i'll remind you but i mean that's someone who's never never written a book before and doesn't know to trust her audience yet i don't yeah i guess that's true i mean you like maggie smith as mcgonagall so you clearly can't be trusted mcgonagall motherfucker <laughs> Okay. It's fine. Put put a pin in it. Let's table it. Let's wrap it up. Let's wind it down. To recap. Well, I mean, I don't know how much of a recap we really have. Harry's Harry's still kind of a dick, and... Hogwarts has a lot of whimsy. Hogwarts has a lot of whimsy and danger. (laughs) Like... Just the, the the mix and the fluctuation between those two things. Like, how you can have a peevis... That's his name, right? It's Peeves. Peeves. How he can have a Peeves. You go with Peeves, and I'm like, oh. I hate him. He just is the worst. You can have a Peeves, and then you can have a, a three-headed monster dog that's going to eat your main characters. I mean, I guess that's whimsical, but it's still like... Are they still meta-decapitated ghosts? Like, it's it's still pretty violent and Nearly horrifying. Nearly decapitated. I don't know if you can even make that argument. <laughs> like, Anyway, I'm hoping that the next couple chapters are more exciting I mean I also kind of wonder if like I'm curious to see if I'm right in assuming that I will like the books that have stuff I've not seen before more I feel like that's going to be the case yeah there's only not like like, well like we've already touched on Chris Columbus the first two books he he does pretty direct translations two definitely has more cut out of it than the first one does because I mean the books do get bigger and there's some really cool things in, in, in Chamber of Secrets that aren't didn't make it to the movie, but it, those two are the closest to the books, where they're basically as much as they can transfer to the screen. Cool. I'm excited. All right. All right. That's that's it. Wraps it up. Marvelous creatures, dragons. <laughs> Beautiful plumage. When we last left Harry, they were knocking on the door. No, that's not true. No. They uh, they were opening the door. No. Were they about to, when we on. last left Harry, they were entering Hogwarts. Hagrid raised a gigantic Hagrid. fist and knocked three times on the castle door. When we last left Harry, they were knocking on the door. Fuck you. Okay, I guess. <laughs> Is that the beginning of the chapter? No, that's when we last left him. Okay, that's the last sentence in the last chapter? Yes. Okay, well, let's start over then. And not, you can have, But I you won. Yeah, but you're going to... We want the people to know. No. Chapter 7. <laughs> you can have to do it again. <laughs> you can't giggle through it. When we last left, Harry, tell me what you thought of Chapter 7 of the Sorting Hat. Well, when we last left, Harry, Hagrid was knocking on the doors of Hogwarts. Was he? Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. What? <laughs>